0: Whips that one away, and how appropriate that Ross Taylor and Kane Williamson are there for this moment for this team. It's a story that's akin to David versus Goliath, but Kane Williamson and his team now, world test champions, and living proof that sometimes, just sometimes, nice guys do finish first. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of homo sapiens we're still talking about cricket god knows when we're going to talk about something different um but anyway we've just experienced an excellent world test championship final we didn't think that it would be completed there was obviously the issue the slight issue of weather disturbances which washed out two days uh in southampton completely unexpected in june in england but anyway we we'll talk about that as well in a bit i am joined by naveen rajaram a semi-regular on our show, Harshit Sachdeva, an absolute regular on the show, and first-timer, Dathna Thakur, a lifelong New Zealand cricket fan. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. And today, I'd like to start by asking Naveen, who's, who hasn't been on the show for a bit, about Indian batting. Granted, it was, a, it was ultimately a great final. Both sides did do fairly well. One side did very well, in my opinion. But are we really worried about the Indian batting lineup, right? I mean, we saw that Virat Kohli fell to Kyle Jamieson in both innings, right? Which is probably why he picked him up for RCB so that he didn't actually have to end up facing him, right? Other than that, we did see like a few errors here and there. For example, I think in the first innings, Neil Wagner set a very obvious trap for Arjinkia Rahane and Rahane's shot essentially was hit straight to Tom Latham at square leg. So... Yeah, I mean, with all this, and if there's anything else which you'd want to add, please let me know your thoughts on Indian batting, Naveen.
1: Hey, hi. Um, good to see. I mean, good to hear all of, from all of you. It's been a while, so thanks for having me back on the show. Um, it was an exciting uh, uh, test series per se. I mean, uh-huh. a, a test at least, and uh, had a lot of fun watching this. But uh, to just answer, get straight to the point, and answer your question. Yes, we need to be worried. Uh, there is definitely some worry here at least from an overseas uh, batting perspective Uh, Mm -hmm. I think there are I will focus on the good points first and then probably come to the slightly not so good points so on the first Mm -hmm. I think India has been looking for a set opening combination for a for a while and uh, in this series and also the Australia series to some extent Mm -hmm. I feel that Gil and Rohit are sort of uh, settling in in their opening roles and we may finally have at least a solid opening combo, which gets you to around 50, 60 runs, uh, even though they don't capitalize on their start. So from that sense, I felt quite uh, satisfied seeing how the opening performed in especially challenging conditions for batting in yes. this test. Uh, in this test, mm-hmm. So uh, Rohit, of course, is getting start. So it just seems to me that big runs are around the corner and Gill, of course had a really good 90 in the mm-hmm. Australia series, and he's also getting mm-hmm. starts. So the opener uh,
0: Rohit no longer the home flat track bully. Yeah,
1: I would say so because I think he has shown that his technique has tightened. He's not just wafting across balls uh, mm-hmm. outside off stump mm-hmm. and just edging it because mm-hmm. that is the prediction that most people did. You know, a guy who of course uh, mm-hmm. who's of course played on wickets which don't have swing or a uh, seam and who has got big daddy hundreds or double hundreds uh, he is expected mm-hmm. to fail here is what was the prediction but that is to some extent i would say has been addressed because the technique seems very tight so uh-huh. rohit and gill that way uh, both seem to have given a decent account of themselves also the big 50s and the big 70s or the big hundreds from openers are still missing but i would mm-hmm. still say that's not a cause for worry at this point of time coming to the middle order that's where the biggest problem lies and This uh, particular test was lost because of uh, the lack of form of uh, two guys and uh, the poor decision-making of a third guy. So, I would say Kohli and Pujara's form Mm -hmm. has been the biggest cause of worry for us. But, Harshit, you you are right. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can't drop Kohli, but I think it's been a while. I think, what, when was the last time Kohli scored a century in test? which was at Eden Gardens' test against, what, Bangladesh? Bangladesh, Bangladesh, yes. That was the last time he scored a century. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, this is definitely... A, a drought uh, of of the highest proportions for kohli i mean he had a great innings in the i mean he did. he scored a really nice drafty innings in the uh, first uh, innings in uh, versus new zealand
0: adelaide he had,
2: like,
1: what, yeah no no even in here, the adelaide
2: like, test as well he was he was batting on he was looking really good before stumps until ajinkya gadhane got him out he was on 70 something
1: absolutely that <laughs> so, and and a here, i mean He's shown glimpses of great batting i mean uh, if you look at what Williamson did he scored what mm. 49 in some 160 170 balls and kohli did Almost that, right? I mean, the first inning he had thrown 40 runs in 130 balls. It was a very nice grafty inning, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought he looked really
3: good. And
2: given for... the fact that uh, the batting conditions were more tough when Kohli was batting than when Williamson Absolutely. was batting. I mean, it was, Absolutely. they were going off after every 10 overs, there was persistent rain. Williamson's value was Sorry. Agreed.
1: But you can't drop Kohli right now is what I would say. But Pujara and Rahane, I think there is... There is definitely going to be a lot of discussion, and the next fight is versus England are going to probably mm-hmm. decide their careers, if you ask me. That's although
0: how I, I, I will say one, I will say one thing over here. I mean, leaving aside the second innings, where basically the highest scorer was rishabh Pan 41 of 88 balls. But uh, essentially Rahane was the highest scorer in the first innings, right? And he is still valuable. I mean, does a one-off test really call into question? His place, though, right? I mean, like, that's the other extreme, right? Like, we maybe we're looking at it a little too harshly, right? It was a very, gra- it was a, like a fairly grafty innings from, you know, the uh, from both the, I mean, especially from the captain and also from the vice captain, right? And the vice captain was going very well and he was, in fact, the highest scorer, right? On in challenging conditions in Southampton, right? On a day when, you know, it was overcast. Um, I mean, on days when it was Point overcast, the rain was coming in and out. Point here, yeah, he should Rahane be dropped based on just this one. I
2: don't think you can. There are two questions. First, who would replace Kahane at number five? Second, you can't drop Kahane after what he did in Australia. Mm -hmm. I mean, not at least for the next year or so. Mm -hmm. And even for Pujara, I think we are being too critical with respect to this match because even at one stage, Williamson was 15 of 100 balls. Mm -hmm. That was a Pujara like for like at number three for New Zealand. But yeah, Williamson at least Went to attack and went to you know get scoring and Pujara didn't score at all. I mean, he was just looking to defend like it does in Australia. But the difference is in Australia you can not blunt the ball. The ball becomes old, it stops doing things, and then mm-hmm. people like Gursheb Pan, mm-hmm. and Jadeja's and the Ashwins can swing their bats and mm-hmm. make quick runs. So you're in the, the, the time... Shadul Thakur's. What tragedy Shadul Thakur. Shadul Thakur was missing in this Test match. His his determination. We'll come to that later. We don't we'll come to that later. Okay, move on, move but on the thing that, is, I I remember I remember Vijay Merchant's famous you know line when he said that mm-hmm. he picks horses for courses and he doesn't care about reputations. So I think if India really want to become a dynamic team, they must consider that Pujara is a horse in pitches like Australia and to some extent India as well, where you can play dodge it. But In conditions like New Zealand, England, South Africa, where test matches get over in three days and hardly the morning, first morning of the fourth day, it won't really matter how many balls you played because no innings gets past 300. So you need quick runs and you need a lot of runs. So, yeah, I mean, either Pujaga changes his technique in these tracks or he will get dropped after the first two tests. Mind you, if India loses the first two tests and... It will be because of the batting frailties only because our bowling has been excellent over the last five years. It will be because of the batting that we lose any of the first two tests, then Pujara will get the axe. Kohli did it before and he won't uh, think twice before doing it again, especially when you have people like kl Rahul, Mayank agarwal Hanuma Vihari on the bench. So yeah. Okay. Um, so this is,
0: we've talked a fair bit about the Indian batting lineup, but we also have to admire the genius, I mean, not the genius, but the I mean, this, the excellence of the New Zealand pace attack, right? So you've got four brilliant uh, bowlers in, uh, I need to stop using all these superlatives, uh, four brilliant bowlers in Kyle Jameson, Neil Wagner, and of course, the old guard, quote unquote, even though Wagner's the oldest, of uh, Trent Bolt, and of course, Tim Saudi, who made his debut as a teenager, Back in two thousand and eight, I think it was. Um, lifelong Kiwi fan Datna Thakur. I'm going to bring you in. Have you ever seen the likes of these four before? And what? And and would you like to explain to our listeners as to how New Zealand have been able to build up so much depth? Remember on the remember they also have Colin de Grondo, um, you know, as a, a like a, as a bowling all round as an all rounder option anyway, right? Uh, and then who, back, who comes in at number seven to bat as well? And then you've also got um, on the, you also have the very potent Matt Henry, who was man of the match in the Edgebiston test recently uh, on the bench. Um, uh, please proceed, that's not.
3: Uh, that's a really fair point you make and inquire about, uh, honestly, because if it indeed has to be considered the best, you know, a parameter that most people go with is to look for the weakest link. And uh, if you look at the New Zealand bowling attack, and uh, we will indeed consider Colin in the grand home with his highest average and relatively uh, uh, poor strike rate to be the weakest link among the five of them. But if anybody actually watched the match, the bowler that, uh, although Jameson got him out twice, the bowler that made Kohli so uncomfortable throughout the first innings was the grand home. There was like this. Uh spell, I think, of two or three overs where he consistently beat his outside edge. And doing that to those uh, somewhat undisputed best batsman uh, in all conditions is, I think, a huge achievement. The numbers speak for themselves for the other four, having a historically low average for Jameson, having unbelievable consistency for both Bolt and Saudi, and then, of course, Wagner's tenacity. I I I think it is for sure the best ever pace attack or, in fact, the bowling unit that New Zealand has come up with in their history. Because if you look at the numbers, the other people who could achieve these figures of whether it's a strike rate or whether it's successes with wickets or economy have been... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been there from time to time, like in the nineties, yeah, yeah. in the early thousands. Mm-hmm. Chris mm-hmm. Martin and uh, Keynes. then Mills to an extent later on. Mm-hmm. Richard Hadley, of course, the greatest from his era in the eighties. But yes. I wouldn't be surprised whether Saudi or Bolt. I mean, I'm pretty sure one of those will indeed surpass uh Hadley's 434. Is it or 430? Or uh, 4.34 was couple there, sorry. So 4.30 I think it's at least. So I wouldn't be surprised by the end of their careers if both of them end up surpassing him. So from my perspective, it's a surety that this particular bowling lineup is the best that they have ever produced as a critic in the nation. You can indeed ask whether it's the best bowling attack in the world going on right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know whether like what others will uh, give their inputs on because New Zealand does have that advantage of bowling in their own home conditions. But I will but, I will uh, say one yeah. thing
0: I like I, like uh, just to interject over here about their home conditions. Uh, I've heard like um, again I'm not someone who watches New Zealand tests. The timings are way too off for me. but uh, the fact of the matter is that um, when you look at uh, like when I, when I hear a few commentators or you know prominent journalists such as say Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon, like their, their most recent podcast, right? Like they've emphasized the point, which I think they or someone else brought up previously in the past as well, that New Zealand pitches aren't actually that green, right? They just look green, right? And they're actually, fair, they can actually be fairly yeah. flat, right? So, and ultimately fine. sure there's the occasional genuine green top, but in general, they're quite flat. Like that's something which is there as well, right? So like just to put that out there that's for our true. listeners. Yeah.
3: That That is indeed uh, true, but uh, one advantage that not just the green pitch, but incredibly lush outfields has is that whether or not, uh, you know, the ball does a lot because of the pitch per se, uh, the ball remains fresh almost till the end of the 90th over, like the ball's condition is far, far superior to what it becomes in India or the subcontinent or even Australia after the 40th over. So that greenness of the pitch definitely helps the seamer whether or right. not if it, uh, it's actually doing off the surface too much or not i would i would say that uh, one thing that uh, like the their, their loss of being what whitewashed in in the backyard of the australians mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i watched that series and it was humiliating as a fan to be honest losing by almost 300 runs consistently in uh, three matches i think it's 296 runs 247 runs 279 runs, huge margins. But mm-hmm. across those matches, uh, in the first innings, uh, when Labuschagne was basically bossing them around, mm-hmm. the entire pace lineup still came and did dismiss all the ten Australian batters out. There was never a case wherein, you know, the Australians got to a 600ish thing. They would indeed look like they would easily reach 600, but somewhere down the line the Kiwi pace attack would come and say that, okay, we've had enough. And in all the three first innings totals that Australia put up, they were somehow suddenly restricted to below 500 scores. So, I mean, of course, that's that's really a low bargain if you're asking from my side, because they could have indeed bossed them around or been a bit more counter-attacking. But Mm. the fact is that this lineup never gives up. That's the story. And of course, that's embodied in Neil Wagner, but all of these bowlers, or rightly the Grand Home, even in my opinion, are really mm-hmm. attacking bowlers. They have this mm-hmm. mindset that if we're given 180 overs, we will bowl the other team out twice for sure. And mm-hmm. that's the way New Zealand cricket has shaped itself that uh, 180 overs is set that we will confer these to our bowlers, and then the batting has to show up for it. And if they manage to do that, 9 out of 10 times,
2: they consider themselves to not be losing a test match. I think not uh, started with a very good point about Colin Legrando. And I also observed one thing that the average pace of all the four New Zealand bowlers throughout the test was considerably at least 5 to 10 kilometers slower than the three Indian bowlers. And I think it may be a point to note that... Uh, our batters are so uh, they practice so much against a uh, you know, really quick pace that I think there might have been some sort of strategy to bowl a bit slower, so as to confuse them. And especially that is why I think Colin De Grandhome and Kyle Jamieson were more successful and troubled Virat Kohli more because he is so used to playing extreme play extreme pace, even in the nets and anywhere he goes, he tries to you know. Play quick pace. I, I don't really know as a batsman, but I, I'd like to ask with Nameen and that if a difference of five to ten kilometers, what difference does it make to a batsman's instincts? And would you like to second guess yourself? Because we all know that the quicker the ball comes, mm, it is to... No, I do think sorry. that that is why the point came in my mind. Because I think pace obviously they swing the ball a lot more than the three, and Apnewas to swing bowler, Koni Malay, Shansy or Maglava. But I do think that uh, the five to ten kilometer pace that they bowled slower than us has has a did trouble our batsman considerably more because it becomes difficult to adjust your instincts on a one forty ball versus a regular one thirty and an occasional one forty once in a while. So I just like. To I ask think
3: this. I mean uh, you know this might just be a little bit too logistical in a way, but the way pace is measured on a cricket pitch also you know uh, it it it's quite a. Weird correlation at times with swing. So, because a ball that swings, carry, I mean, it has to travel further distance, but the displacement remains the same of 22 yards. The physics becomes such that if the ball is swinging too much, it is indeed coming later to you. But as a batter, you have to look for it uh, for longer. You know, you have to really focus on it. So, those five kilometers had it just been raw pace and this uh, the swing movement had been the same for the Indian bowlers and the Kiwi bowlers, then I would say that it's the uh, impact, uh, the factor to look out for, but I think there's the undeniable difference that the ball was swinging so, so much more for the Kiwi bowlers. I think just based on that swing alone, uh, the paces the of about five kilometers an hour can be explained as a physics difference. So I think it's not the pace per se, it's the fact that they were swinging the ball a whole lot more for a whole lot longer than we were.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's okay. an interesting point because I think India, if you if you see what happened when India was bowling, mm-hmm. was that it was only Shami who was getting swing. I think both Bumrah and Ishan, at least when they started with the new ball, maybe they learned over a period of time as the test match progressed. But initially our... Uh, top two bowlers typically were looking more at seam bowling as opposed to swing bowling, which is two different things. One is off the air, the other is off the pitch. So, the overcast conditions typically help you do more of swing. And I don't think seam per se was uh, help, was was at least, I couldn't see much seam when the when this match started. So, that way, Ishant and Bumrah were sort of ineffective. But as soon as Kohli bought on Shami, the swing started. I mean, Shami was getting much more swing with the Duke than. Bumrah Arishan. So, he is a mm-hmm. genuine swing bowler and I think he probably lacked one more swing bowler or a guy who is an exponent of swing with that ball in that mm-hmm. test and that probably proved to be the undoing for us in some sense. Cons-
0: Nabeen, are you concerned about uh, Jasprit Bumrah specifically? Zero runs, zero, zero wickets, England, zero catches. Yes,
1: right. I mean, no, no, in mm-hmm. England, yes. That is why. I mean, in England, he's probably still, I think this discussion has been had on WhatsApp with Harshit once as well and He's is definitely mm-hmm. not the same bowler uh, that he is elsewhere in the world as he is in England because he's still trying to find ways to swing the ball, which I think he was... Towards the last session where they were trying to defend that uh, 139 target or 134, whatever that target was, he was trying to do things with the ball which sort of kept Williamson quiet. But I think it was too little too late. So we may see Bumrah in, in reinventing himself over the course of this series, but uh, I think he has... He's definitely not getting as much purchase as let's say uh, a Shami or even an Anderson or abroad in these conditions and that simply would be down to his technique as a bowler I would say. I don't know if he has ever done too much of swing uh, with this ball and I don't know if he's practiced enough or he's even aware of how to do that in these conditions. So my view is we will need to see more of Bumrah bowling in the next five mm-hmm. days and see whether he actually learns new tricks and tries to uh, get more purchase out of this ball. Uh, It could just be the ball. I mean, I don't know because how much of Duke do you anyway practice as an Indian bowler? I mean, how much of it do you do anyway? So, uh, it's it's also that. So, about the Indian bowling at this point of time, but uh, again, I think Ishan looked okay in bits and pieces and I would have still gone with Siraj over Ishan for whatever reason. And uh, Mm -hmm. In retrospect, seeing Bumrah's figures, maybe our best opening lineup for this particular uh, test. Even if Bumrah had played, we should still have taken one spinner. Less and gone with, let's say, a Shardul Thakur, Uh And some people have suggested even a Teher, You know, like a Deepak Chaher could have been in this test squad because or because we don't have a bowler mm-hmm. round, so he could have been in this squad. But that these are all 2020 hindsight things, so we don't have any set answers here. But we did miss a trick by not picking uh, siraj is what i feel because siraj has that extra x factor here and he could have done something more with the conditions than his family. yeah
0: people say just one thing people would people complained about having um, two spinners but i think like the our the only bowler who took wickets in both innings was uh, ashwin <laughs> right uh, no one Correct. took wickets other than ashwin in the second innings so yeah, I mean, okay. I I I don't I I I don't know. I'm not sure if that would have helped that much. Sorry, that's my ma- that's not coming, please. Uh
3: yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm not the moderator, so I hope that I'm not wearing too off topic. But I think a point of discussion I think that has been largely ignored, and uh, I, again, this does indeed factor in the fact that we had that scene approach more than the swing approach. If you look at the New Zealand side, mm-hmm. they have. Two or three dedicated people just for ball shining specifically, you know, the uh, Henry Nichols. I mean, look at his trousers; they're they're gleaming red. If mm-hmm. if I ask you on the top of your head to tell me who the designated ball shiner of the Indian team is, you know, I don't think you'd be able to do that. The intent no. with which even you know the the New Zealand team shines their ball or ensures that that shine remains on, I think. That's a craft that I think we've lost out on in the past few years.
0: This just comes down to one thing, right? That New Zealand's bowling and fast bowling is just far more organized than ours, and like as organized as any other, and much more organized than any other team possibly in the world as well, right? So it's
1: and that
3: and that organization goes on to the entire team. Like I remember, Sachin used to be the designated ball shiner along with you know uh, KF at a time. And uh, after that, who do we see with that degree of intent and to be supporting the bowlers per
2: se? Harshit, you want to say something here? Like, let's not... No, to, out the too ball long. Shiner, yeah. to the ball yeah. shiner thing, I mean, if, if anyone's played school cricket or club cricket or even domestic cricket, every team has, you know, at least either the slip catcher or the person who's standing at uh, mid-on or who's standing close to the bowler, they have at least one or two people who shine the ball. So it's very basic... Uh, quick uh, basic uh, things in cricket that you people catch on early on in their careers the fact that the Indian team doesn't have it it's it's, again arrogance and lack of strategies in the team management right because yeah the ball needs to be looked after especially if it's a 90 if if when you batted first and you've seen that you know the opposition bowlers were able to swing the ball till the till the last ball of your innings I mean India played 90 overs so they got a second new mm-hmm. ball after the 80. And mm-hmm. the ball was swinging till 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 the time they replaced the old ball with the new ball. They so took it as the
3: 84th over. Like they were considering not taking it. 82nd or the 83rd.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took it mid-over in Saudi. And if if you're watching at it from the dressing room, you can this is basic thing that you can pick up. We as audience picked it up that you no, know, it's it's a wondrous thing that how is the ball able to swing even when it's near its expiry and pa- past its expiry well. So, okay, you could have observed that, but again, the lack of observation, the lack of strategy, just the arrogance that this Indian team you know beams over it's mm-hmm. kind of fascinating. But yes, okay, so that we've
0: got that point over there. I think we'll, I would like to maybe bring us back to uh somewhat more generality over here, and now it is, I think, maybe time for us to complain about the weather why have a test match, any test match at all in England in June. Um, should we basically, like, this was obviously a, this was obviously a problem. I think, that, I think that if I ask anyone over here, maybe there should have been uh, I mean, maybe there should have been a venue change. And on the other hand, I mean, okay, fine, we managed to finish the match with a result ultimately, so, you know, it all was good in hindsight, but maybe but I was thinking that maybe we could have something like a timeless test. And like, uh, like I've heard. I mean, I've I mean, it's not an original idea. I mean, I've heard this being said by someone else, like uh, in a a somewhat joking spirit. Um, I think on another podcast, it was either the following on podcast or maybe the cricket podcast, one of those. But do you think that you know having maybe a timeless test or more reserve days, um, like up to a maximum of maybe three to four reserve days, will sort of ensure that you know we do get a result in a final as we ought to. Or do you think that, uh, like, ultimately it is test cricket? so if it's a draw, it's a draw. If it gets washed out, it's washed out. Um, Naveen, what do you make of this? Uh,
1: look, I think the the way test matches have been going now in the last uh, few years or whatever. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, in these conditions, at least uh, in, in English conditions, you know, sometimes it it seems to be that three or three and a half days is good enough to even finish a test match, right? So I'm, you know, I'm not very, I'm not very, uh, you know, uh, I would not say I'm, I'm too hell bent on, you know, changing anything uh, drastically. They did have a reserve day, which in hindsight seems to have been the, the deciding factor in uh, this match getting a result, right? So yeah, uh, six yeah, yeah. days, six days uh, with, uh, you know. Uh, Three days of sunshine and uh, two and a half days rained out in retrospect seems to have been good enough for this match to get a result but mm-hmm. uh, yes i mean in these conditions and in this kind of weather it was a bit of a jackpot that you could have potentially lost uh, mm-hmm. four or five days and then you would just not have you'd have to share this trophy with uh, not enough overs being bold and not enough of a result and that seems to be a matter of concern, but in the future, I think they should uh, take it into account. But timeless test per se would, would not have, I don't know if it would have worked because in, even the quarantine rules and the bio bubbles and all that, you can't expect mm. this failure forever. It's also very difficult to sort of, uh, you could you don't have a six, six month uh, advance prediction on the weather, you just set these dates and then closer to the dates, yeah. the meteorological uh, predictions uh, keep changing. I mean, you had... Although it has been known,
0: although this kind of thing has been known to happen in England at this time of year, right, in the early summer, maybe later in the summer, there's like less rain and stuff, but like early in the summer, you would sort of expect or, you know, later in the summer at the beginning of the fall, uh, that is in early September, you may expect a bit of, uh, I mean, uh, September actually maybe not so much, but at this time of the year, in June, you would definitely expect rain to happen in England, right, like just Based on historical evidence, it's just the thing.
1: True, yeah. I think if the if the next if we, if we are in the next WTV final, I'm assuming it will be held somewhere in the subcontinent, hopefully. So, uh, yeah. I mean we may not have these same sort of discussions, but yeah, this uh, this was okay, I would say. I would, I did I did feel a little disappointed when the weather sort of rained out two three days, but mm-hmm. the weather made it in retrospect very exciting, right? If uh, I mean uh-huh. I don't I mean this is this is a bit of a holy cow sort of discussion in the sense that if Panth had played another half an hour or one hour, we would have saved uh-huh. the test match instead uh-huh. of going for that shot. But I mean, that this is just a, a statement that I'll say just to rile up uh-huh. Harshita a little bit. But uh-huh. um, I mean, the, the 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 point is the weather made the test match very exciting. Where an hour here and there, if India had batted one more hour, if mm-hmm. Kohli and Putera had batted just one more hour, or if mm-hmm. Panth had probably not uh, you know, mm-hmm. done some cowboy stuff, yep. or if Jadeja had stuck along, or even Ashwin had not wafted outside the off-stamp, and our batting had just batted another half an hour or 45 minutes and consumed another 15 overs. Imagine mm-hmm. how exciting the match could have been when New Zealand really would have had to attack our bowling, and we and we would probably have got more wickets in the process, because then New Zealand would oh, have yeah. had to adopt an attack strategy to win the series. Or both teams would have settled for a draw where India would have probably still retained the... Ter- I mean, or rather, mm-hmm. shared the, the spoil. So, there are all these considerations where the rain pretty much made this test match what it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's good to have that sort of unpredictability also.
0: All right. Thank you, Navin, for your uh, uh, points of view as far as uh, the logistics of the WTC WD- final are concerned. Um, Harshit, do you think it should be best of three? Do you agree with... Um, our captain over there.
2: I agree with the captain in a sense that, yes, test matches are always better played in series. If you... I mean, the point that he made, if you if you go back, any of us, and if, if you're asked what was your favourite test moment, it would be very hard for you to pinpoint a particular match. Mm-hmm. But you would definitely say that the 2001 Australian series or the recent 2020 Australia series or even England in 2012... No, but the point that he made that test cricket, it gives you the opportunity to either completely dominate a side over a period of, uh, over the period of a couple of matches or three matches, like he said, or it gives you a chance to come back. Like it gave a chance to India to come back after a shambolic 36 all out mm-hmm. when none of us thought that they would even win it, let alone draw. So you never know what can happen in a, over a series of time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, going ahead, the WTC final could be uh three best of three at three different venues, and but yeah, the timing of it was a bit shady because he's he's just lost the test match, and I think I get Naveen's tweet or something, and I, at first I didn't recognize where he had said it, but then I watched the mm-hmm. press conference, and yeah, it did seem like an ugly mm-hmm. take. Right. Because, but he said uh, that he said that I mean was, I, I, I I don't think it was super ugly to in his defense
0: because he had said that I mean know, given the stature well, that Virat
2: and... Kohli has, given the stature yeah, yeah, that Virat yeah, Kohli holds uh-huh. in, in the in the scheme of things, especially if test cricket is concerned, and given how much yeah. he loves Kane Williamson and talks about him, it was it was a bit underhand take to say that, you know, a test match, <laughs> For the India's record,
1: conditions. we would not have won in a three-test series in these conditions. We wouldn't have. We
2: won't have. If the conditions were exactly similar, or even remotely similar, except the again, we, we won't have one
0: It just seemed
1: like so bad yeah. timing because I think before the yeah. before the series started, I think Shastri already had started speaking of a best of three sort of I think uh, I, thing. I
0: had sorry, I I just have one question. Hadn't um hadn't uh, this one um and so, Kohli had mentioned it, I think, as well, before the series and after the series, Though, no? If I'm not correct, incorrect over there. Uh, I think yeah. that was essentially what the scene was. But yeah, so maybe like mentioning it before or maybe, okay, maybe like it's just the timing because I agree with them in spirit <laughs> that, you know, like they're saying the right thing, but just maybe the way they said it was
1: I think the, the immediately after the match is done, you just uh-huh. acknowledge that you've lost, and maybe uh-huh. you can even talk of yeah, it later. Yeah, yeah. Give it some time. And you
2: lost? yeah, uh-huh. you lost by eight wickets. Uh-huh. You've not lost by yeah, two wickets, yeah. or so you've not lost in the last uh-huh. hour or so. You lost yeah, I, by eight. I days. think uh, you lost a match that you did
3: not have to lose. You you lost a match you could have drawn. I mean, yes, you lost it. That's I mean, <laughs> never mind even that you were comprehensively beaten. You just lost the plot entirely for uh, an hour. You had a brain fade. If I can add a a point about the the finals conditions, though, I think we're here all talking as Indians, and, you know, we kind of take it for granted that, you know, India will indeed qualify for these finals. Mm -hmm. If this was uh, South Africa versus West Indies, do do you think three matches would have attracted crowds revenue to the extent that it has with India playing? I really don't think so. So. I mean, the entire purpose for the World Test Championship is to bring test cricket back into the foray. And if you're having things like a timeless test, which can indeed get a bit more boring, not for the for the casual viewer, not for people who are as passionate as us. And, uh, you know, if India is not participating, then the lack of that revenue, at least from a global perspective, I really don't think that the logistics are there in place to have you know three math series or timeless tests uh, in that,
2: any case that does seem yeah. to be a fine point because in cricket right now what everyone is fighting for is money and test cricket needs money above uh, money and audience above all to survive
3: I mean, New Zealand itself, the, the the World Test Championship finalists and winners do not have the revenue to conduct more than two test matches generally. Like, yeah, yeah. in their own home conditions. I but yeah, uh, two is the best mm. they can do.
0: Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, that, and that's an interesting point which we'd like to sort of build on over here since Harshit alluded to it. Harshit has alluded to it in the past. Uh, as far as um, test cricket is concerned, right... um. Obviously, I mean, one day international cricket came into being in the 70s. T20 cricket has been like the flavor of the month for the past 10 years. Do we, what do we, I mean, given that we've had um, two extraordinary, like, I mean, we've had some extraordinary test cricket being played this year with the India-Australia series back in Jan. Then we've had, um, you know, a, 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 like a pretty decent uh, series between England and New Zealand right now, and of course the WTC final, right? And for me, who's someone who hates cricket generally, right? Um, I mean, uh, traditionally I've hated cricket. I'm beginning to warm up to it now. Um, and you know, I'm someone who's you know sort of you know been a little you know intrigued by all these matches to say the least. Would it be fair to say that you know Test cricket could actually be making a revival, and the WTC does have a role to play there? Um, uh, would you uh, What would you like to say over there,
2: um, Arshit? I think you forgot the more important matches. I think the Ashes gave a perfect start to the WTC. The Ashes that was drawn... was significant for a couple. So, the Ashes, okay, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the build-up around it with Steve Smith and David back, Warnes come yes, back. Yeah, back yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, I think that they were a good series for the fact that, you know, it was retained by Australia in England. And, you know, Fortress Edgebaston was breached, right? Fortress hedg I don't think is a fortress anymore. But, um, yeah, but it was basically about, you know, David Warner and Steve Smith's comeback and Steve Smith's brilliance and then when Steve Smith was concussed and Manus Labushain coming in. No, but Manus Labushain's, um yeah, uh, like Manus Labushain's coming to the forefront and all that. Okay, fine. So that was also important. I'm just talking about this year. For example,
2: uh, but yeah, I get your I get your There I, was I, this I, West Indies Bangladesh test where a debutant hit a 200 on the last day uh-huh, no. to win them. No. That, that wouldn't have happened better. outside the WTC, they would have probably played I, I, for a draw. Okay, that's also okay. So that's fair enough, but then uh, that's fair enough. There's been My a ultimate dream basically. Yeah, my uh-huh. ultimate dream for test cricket is not international but it is franchise cricket. About oh my god, like Mumbai Indians and Delhi Capitals playing test cricket. Oh my goodness. Oh रेडी oh. देखता नहीं, नहीं। तू मैं देखता हूं फॉलो करता हूं
1: मैं दिल्ली को तो फॉलो करता हूं इट्स आई डोंट नो व्हाट यू
2: मैं यार आप ये देखो ना दिल्ली कैपिटल्स की टीम देखो आप स्टीव स्मिथ अजिंक्य अश्विन ईशान शर्मा अक्षर पटेल पृथ्वी शॉ शिखर धवन
1: Huh? This is hey Arshid, you, Arshit, you should not emulate funs absurdity in in podcast comments, okay? I mean, just because he hits every ball doesn't mean no, no absurd. Is...
2: Stuff. Naini, it's a distant <laughs> dream. But you, you you should see na that franchise cricket, franchise is the answer to almost every sports problems, especially in it India. It's true. So why can't franchise be answer to will, Test cricket? I, I will
0: I will interject here and I'll say that you know Arshid does have a point. Look at like look at top level football, right? There aren't money issues in the Premier League. Or in, uh, I mean, like in the, pre- I mean, in, the pre- in the Premier League, which is probably like, like, you know, the highest level of football, right? Like there aren't money issues there at all, right? You've got like, people are very, very well paid over there, right? And you, same for the NFL, the NBA, right? Like the top American sports, right? Like you don't really see money issues over there as such, right? Um, there are always plenty of willing sponsors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we've seen that in the IPL and maybe to some extent in say the BBL, and um, uh, the uh, the B uh, the BPL and I think the CPL. And the not, so maybe he's maybe he's kind of maybe he's like, right. I, I right. remember something. Yes. Okay. I, I, I remember,
2: ah, on, remember on, something. Sachin Tendulkar once wrote an wrote a letter to the ICC. Where he suggested that you know if you really want to be revive Test cricket, make changes to it. Uh, put put a cap on each innings, like say seventy overs. Plain whites. Play with the red ball. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically make it a two-day ODI kind of a thing with 70 overs in each innings. So it gets finished in two days. So 70-70 ovals everyone plays. And then you come back again again, play 70-70 yeah,
3: yeah, I remember that. I think you know we it have to like a good ask idea. really really... yeah, you know, to an extent it does, but I think the the question of test cricket or is, is a is a broader question of cricket's existentialism itself, you know the reason we are trying to promote all of this is so that there is more global participation first of all but look at what's happened in reality the the fact is that test cricket has or in fact in general cricket is constructed to just four or five nations now although you know it has got certain popularity even in europe and romania
0: and you know all these you're talking kinds about not we're talking about one guy who went viral in romania <laughs>
3: Yeah, but, but I'm saying that there uh, is indeed a, uh, like a spread globally to a certain more extent. But yeah. the the, the, true, the truth is that, uh, in honesty, the quality of cricket has been restricted to basically three or four sides now who are considered yeah, yeah. contenders. The idea of developing cricket can only be considered within these optics that uh, you have to focus on cricket improving as a sport itself. And that's where T20 came up from. If you're wanting yeah. to stick to test cricket, you know, for the soul of it, then I don't think the format has is any issues. It's it's the idea that uh, we just have to sell it better. We have to encourage the uh, the, uh, the test members already to develop better teams. Look at Sri Lanka, look at Pakistan. They're mm-hmm. just like totally given up. West Indies got thrashed in the test series and, you know, won uh, in 15 overs last night. So, there, uh, each team has got a very tilted approach to test cricket now and so I don't think the format is an issue, we just need, you know, a reconsideration from the team's perspective. Itself. I mean, I'm sure Naveen right, right. Sri Lanka, appear
0: be, Sri Lanka just appeared to be all-round, I mean, again, um, how they perform in home conditions in limited overs cricket will be, remains to be seen. We'll see that with the India-Sri Lanka series in July. But if you look at their limited oversight and how they went recently in the uh, T20 series against England, which concluded last night at Southampton, they, I mean, they were awful. Like, there was like no other word for it, right? And it, it was really sad. It was like really, really sad. Like you remember, like, I mean, if I, could, if I can just allow myself to wax lyrical about, you know, Sri Lanka for a second, you remember them being a potent threat, right? I mean, obviously, Murli, while um, some would say is the greatest spin bowler of all time, Um then you've, yeah, point you've got, ben
2: you the You have not
0: Harshit. No, no, I, I, I am Harshit, <laughs> I am the moderator. I am allowing myself to wax lyrical for a second. Theek hai? Okay, then you've got, you had the likes of Jaya Surya, Dilshan, Jaya Vardana. That, that, all that has been completely lost now, fundamentally, right? And as I think not said, like the Pakistan test team also seems to have given up a fair bit. And it's just, yeah, it's I mean, it's, fair, it's fairly sad just to see the state of cricket these days, right? You've basically got four teams who are taking cricket somewhat seriously, and even they've got issues, right? I mean, England, God knows England have got uh, test issues as well. Uh, anyway, that, that was like my two cents over there.
2: Uh, yeah. No, it's so, uh, a simple I, point. If you uh, have to revive Pakistan's test cricket, then Indian team Raval Bindi. If the Indian team won the wrong way, Pakistan cricket will explode. So, it will be easily revived. So, Pakistan is not so much tension. You will always have five okay. teams playing test cricket.
0: It's a little interesting. I'd just like to say, Harshit is maybe saying that the cause for the decline of Pakistan cricket has been the now, I think, uh, almost 13-year freeze of relationships between the PCB and the BCCI. Is that what
2: you're saying, Harshit? 13 years? The second year, they came in Delhi to play. जिसमें हम आए गए थे सीरीज में oh, हा, हा, century, हा, century, हा, century
0: but largely but, 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 but largely since 2008 it has been just that one series right like why yeah. the asia cup maybe but yeah that's about it but कुछ I, कुछ I think it हुआ was
2: not that maybe it, it was dhatna that pointed out you know in, in in one of the groups when the W when the schedule for mm-hmm. the next wtc was released and and i do agree with him that the next wtc has the prospects of an india pakistan final at Lloyds, or wherever it is played and that could definitely be a game changer, at least for the right. two countries and as, as, as well test figure. Pakistan also has a pace attack that is that is probably peaking at the bit. Very potent. Uh, Shaheen Shah yes, Afridi very is potent. very very very
0: good at the moment. Anyway, that's not in you want five to make... years'
2: time. Shahin Shah Afridi will be more successful than
0: Jasprit Bumrah. Yeah, and, and just and just to imagine, a year or two ago, we were touting him as the next head of Dinda Academy. I will, uh, I will actually sort of bring in Naveen over here because there's one point which we skipped over, which we haven't really talked about, is, I mean, we talked about Indian batting, Indian bowling, New Zealand bowling. We haven't really talked about New Zealand batting as such, right? Um, Kane Williamson is someone who maybe has been, you know, been criticized a bit over, you know, the pa- like in the recent past. Uh, maybe he was sort of back to form in, you know, like the recent match, right? Like he played like a captain's knock in the second innings and, you know, just ensure that, you know, New Zealand reached home along with um, one certain, uh, uh, with a certain Ross Taylor, right? But uh, so, so firstly, like, okay, if he comes back to form, that's great. Uh, But do you also reckon that um, with, you know, I mean, with the loss of maybe a BJ Watling and, you know, a Ross Taylor, who's now currently 37 years of age and will, and may just retire in the next few years, right? Do you reckon that, New Zealand have to maybe uh, like New Zealand maybe have to worry about you know their batting lineup and you know what's going what's going to be what's going to come of it in, in in the same way that maybe you know like in Australia and in England are worrying at the moment because you know like they've got their own woes and stuff at the top of the orders like like uh, I mean England have had top order woes ever since Andrew Strauss retired right so since 2012 right uh, Australia have had issues as well right Will Pukowski has been in and out of the side. There been other openers as well. Other than David Warner, no one's really been settled in. So what do you make of that, Naveen? Like, and with BJ Watling retired as well. I mean, I think I said that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I,
1: think, I think you're, I mean, you, you, you've sort of hit the nail on the head with your comment that, see, in this particular series, my assessment was that there were basically the guys you really needed to sort of get, uh, you know, out very soon. Um, I mean, Latham, of course, is a great opener, but he's had his weaknesses. So Devin Conway was the guy on whom not much information was known when he came in, and he was there was basically the English commentators were saying there is no known weakness to this guy, and uh, he was he was he was a pretty hard nut to dislodge in the first innings, and then in the second innings, Ashwin, of course, uh, got him. But I'm saying Williamson, uh, Ross Taylor, and uh, Conway were the guys who sort of were. Uh, the tougher batsman to uh, dislodge, and then after that, you still had a soft middle order. Like I think Watling has played long and grafty innings in the past, but in these conditions, I think the Indian bowlers got better of him. And uh, even guys like Grand Home and Kyle Jamison and you know even those these guys bat really deep, like Henry Nichols and things like that. Uh, people mm-hmm. like that, I think it, there was no big threat to the Indian bowling because the bowling was good enough to. Handle all these guys. So, with the loss of Taylor and Watling, who's obviously done well for them in the lead up to this WTC, and of course, with Williamson, not uh, I don't know how many years Williamson has, but uh, he probably played an innings that uh, uh, was befitting a WTC final. You know, he grafted his way and stuck along and he held one end up. In fact, I would say he was the the pujara for this final when pujara himself failed, right? I mean, he did what pujara usually does, which is stick along and let the others play around him. So, I would say, yes, New Zealand have some sort of worries going into the next uh, WTC schedule, which is probably true even for India, which we have discussed earlier on in the podcast that are number three, four and five positions are sort of now going to go into transition mode uh, because we have, I mean, Kohli can't be dropped at four, but then again, you, you need to look at the future. So three and five are definitely going to get into transition and that's going to be true even for these guys. So uh, Conway and Latham are okay for now but you'll definitely be replacing... Uh, you'll be looking at uh, transitions for Watling and Taylor. And of course, mm-hmm. in the long term for Williamson himself. So it's a bit of a mirror mm-hmm. image where the mm-hmm. captain who's the best batsman best also yeah. may be sort of on his way out. And then there is an uh, issue with Ross Taylor, who probably is a mirror image in terms of uh, either Pujara or Rahane. And then you have Watling, who's the wicketkeeper. So yes, I don't think New Zealand will uh, probably we as settled a batting lineup in the next few years in Tests. They mm-hmm. are going to have some sort of uh, mm-hmm. transition going on, and but but I think that's true for India as well. So the teams that are slightly ahead of India in this, uh, you know, I would say England is slightly ahead because they've now got Lawrence and Sibley and all these other guys coming in and Burns and people are just sort of settling yeah. in. So uh, I think that is a more mature batting lineup mm-hmm. uh, uh, in in the yeah, sense yeah. that you've got younger guys coming in and they are now sort of finding their. Uh, uh, spots in the team, while India is going to actually in the next two years, going to have newer faces coming into the middle order. And that will be true for New Zealand. So uh, uh, to Harshit's point, um, I don't to, uh, think the next WDC final may be India-Pakistan. I would probably see it could be some other team. You know, that is how I look
0: Okay, but uh, just uh, so would, uh, yes. on, the New, on the New Zealand point, yes, I would like to bring you in, Not just to see, I mean, just to maybe give us some knowledge about, you know, maybe the depth that New Zealand have in the batting department. Yeah yeah so I going. do
3: agree with Naveen with the fact that you know New Zealand has to restructure their squad either out of forced changes such as due to retirement or I think one factor is definitely Kane Williamson's elbow because even after the match was over during the post match presentation he was having that brace on his fore, uh, elbow and even in the second innings he wasn't comfortable at all if indeed he has to continue with IPL i don't see how Williamson is going to last for let's say four years or five years anymore so that's definitely a concern but uh, I think New Zealand has shown their depth Uh, Williamson has been in and out of the side Ross Taylor has been in and out of the side and they have had these guys stepping up you know Daryl Mitchell or uh, Will Young they have shown promise and I think that's where the other teams have a slight edge above us. Other than Kohli's, uh, you know, uh, him recusing himself for his paternity leave, we haven't had chances where the youngsters have had to, you know, sh- come come in and show their uh, worth in uh, in the batting department at least uh, uh, in in circumstances of the highest order. And these teams, you know, Will Young leading that charge in the in the previous test match with uh, with England and scoring that eighty or whether it was them their series with the West Indies, wherein he, again, he was the replacement for Williamson, then wherein he scored, I think, 40-odd something. But still, that was a very critical juncture after both Latham and Blundell got out here. So I think Young is a good shout for a replacement for Taylor yeah, if Taylor. Uh, the yeah. change comes sooner. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, for Watling, Blundell seems to be the case. But uh, if if Blundell isn't up to the mark, they can indeed have someone like Mitchell coming in, I don't really see how Latham would be keeping wickets uh, wickets because he is a wicket keeper, but, you know, keeping wickets in a test match can, uh, you know, it can affect things a bit, especially considering the fact that Latham is an excellent uh, slip catcher. So I think Blundell and Young seem to be the people coming in as replacements, and I think that still makes them a pretty good side. But of course, the lack of experience of Taylor and Watling surely would come into play I wouldn't say it's a fragile uh, order with both of them gone, because both of them were showing signs of waning. Ross Taylor, for sure, had been showing these uh, these glimpses from time to time, but he, his career trajectory has been going down undeniably. And Watling, too, uh, after that Mount Mon- uh, Manganui match, wherein he scored that 205, which was not a WTC match, but just with England touring. After uh-huh. that, he was abysmal in Australia. He wasn't up to the mark too much in the two matches of other teams. So, I wouldn't say that they'd be missing them all too much.
0: Understood. Okay. Um, now, uh, so we'll end this podcast by discussing um, someone who I didn't include in my Dream 11. I'm a little pissed about. Um, Ravi Chandran Ashwin. The only Indian who took wickets in both innings in uh, this WTC final, right? He, uh, his, um, uh, his figures in the first, uh, in the first innings were uh, yeah, 15 overs, 5 maidens, 28 runs, 2 wickets at an economy of 1.86. And in the second uh, innings, he took both the wickets of Tom Latham and Devin Conway at uh, an economy rate of 1.7. 10 overs and 5 maidens over there, 17 runs. Very, very impressive figures from Ravi Chandran Ashwin. Harshit, um, would you like to elaborate on the rise of Ravi Chandran Ashwin in, uh, in Sena countries, right? Which is no small feat for a spinner. I mean, like anyone can spin in the subcontinent. Uh, but um, yeah, but uh, it's much more trickier to do in, you know, like cooler, more temperate conditions. And, you know, on different pitches, which aren't dust bowls, like, you know, the, the likes of which we see in India and Sri Lanka, etc, etc. Um, so, yeah, please elaborate on that. And how much do you think that symbolizes the rise of the, uh, the Asian century as uh, our friends, not our friends, but um, our, as our um, seniors at the grade, cricketer would like to put it? Yeah. Uh,
2: the one thing that you forgot to mention is that all four wickets that Ashwin took in the test match were left-handers. And I think we can all agree, in fact, statistically as well as literally, that Ashwin is the greatest bowler to ever bowl to left-handed batsman in this world. If you are a left-handed batsman, you don't want to be bowled by, you don't want to face Kavichan and Ashwin. And also that uh, agreed in the first innings, he didn't have much to do just to uh, keep things tight from his end. Maybe give rest to the fast bowler that he was replacing because obviously Mm -hmm. the pitch wasn't to his wasn't conducive to him, Even not even the conditions are conducive to him. He just had to bowl tight lines and 15 overs, 28 runs. And to pick two bonus wickets in the form of an opener and a tail-ender, uh, something that India struggled to do, was a great thing. And in the n- next innings though, Ravichandar Ashwin completely came into his own, you know, a sixth 3 pitch. He would have been a fool to think that Ravichandar Ashwin would not be a hefty force. And he would have picked up three wickets. Just that there was a technological fault on the umpire's error. The ball to Williamson was a wicket. I don't know how it was missing the stumps. But yeah, the the guise of Ashwin has been heartwarming, but it also has been heart crushing because he gets injured mid-two. I think it started from the 2018-2 in England. He showed Mm -hmm. excellent control in the first two tests, then he got injured midway. Then we Mm -hmm. went to Australia, he played the first test and he got injured again. And... Mm -hmm. New Zealand, I don't think he played. No, I think he didn't play. And then the Gaba series, I mean, the 2020 mm-hmm. series was very completely, you know, uh, outperformed even his uh, counterpart in Nathan Lyon and picked more wickets at a better average than better striker and in fact performed with the bat as well. Mm-hmm. And again, this final, although he had just one match, uh, mm-hmm. he did do well in this hand. I'm sure looking forward to seeing Avchandar Ashwin bowl to England in the five test, And I really hope that he plays all the five tests. Because exactly, if he thinking. is fit, he will be selected in all the five tests. And I mean, think we are reaching a point where he is maybe, you know, leaping Jadeja for the spot of uh, that one spinner that we play in all conditions. a go-to spinner. And yeah, so he's the better- and I'd like to yes. add
0: over here that he's developing batting ability as well at this late stage in
2: his batting career. ability. The short to ke usko, I don't know what there's an itch in his body that he has to play short every every ball. A fit Ashwin is very good for bowling, but he's very harmful for batting as well. Uh,
3: one thing I would like to add here uh, about yes, Ashwin yes, go though, ahead. is that you know uh, just the pattern I noticed uh, is that. Uh, All these four uh, four or five wickets that he took in this match, all of these came from batsmen trying to hit on the offside. The left handers did not look to sweep him. I think when England, uh, when he'll be playing England, you know, the likes of Stokes, Mm -hmm. I think he will indeed see counter attacks. So his effectiveness would be put into question again if he doesn't manage to take wickets because these were uh, relatively, you know, uh, immature players of spin, especially from Ashwin's side. I mean, I'm not saying Latham, but like Conway for sure had not faced spin before uh, and uh, they look to defend a lot more than mm-hmm. to attack. So High quality spin. He
0: probably faced the likes of Santner and Ajaz Patel in the next
3: yeah, and so, so so I think that you know uh, Ashwin's rise in the SENA countries is also predicated on the fact that SENA countries have had a, a poor dip in form, especially by the left-handed middle-order batters.
2: And ये so कैसा the, uh, add होमिन है भाई मतलब बंदे ने विकेट के लिए भी बोल दो कि सामने वाले की batting काम हो गई
3: है। नहीं तुम्हारा SENA वाला argument तो Australia पे based था. Australia में देखो कोई ढंग का middle-order वाला left-hander है नहीं. Now he's in England, now what happens after Stokes? So he got right, right handers out, na. Steve Smith and Manas Labu-Shingo, how did he get
2: them that's out? He's got a leg slip and, leg slip and uh, normal slip. Why, Haan, but, in the first circus, test, way. yes,
3: but after that, you know, when Smith caught his way again, then uh, he didn't do as well. I think that the, this England series would be indeed a uh, defining landmark in Ashwin's career. If he... Yes. If he does not get rattled by getting counter attacked. I don't know whether Stokes plays or not because the rotation policy seems a bit.
1: Will Will Stokes Will Stokes uh, play or uh, it's not Stokes? Will uh, uh, see the point is that now after this WTC final, we we got to think uh, that the two those two spinner policy is not going to come into play in the tests. Is what I feel. I mean. I don't think you're going to now. I think Kohli has got a bigger headache on his, uh, you know, on his hands because he's got to decide between Jadeja and Ashwin, and who he goes for uh, is also going is a big question mark. So Ashwin obviously gave a better account than Jadeja in the test, but that's also partly because in the second innings, I think Kohli didn't use Jadeja at all, and I think there was just briefly mentioned that there were right-handers at the crease, and Jadeja got eight overs in the second innings, while I think Ashwin got marginally more, 10 overs. Uh, But I don't think Kohli now has the luxury after this particular WTC final in England to go with, you know, this three pace bowlers and two spinners strategy where uh, Pant comes in at six and then Jadeja at seven, Ashwin at eight and then three pace bowlers. I think Kohli is going to go for four pacers and one spinner because he's now realized that his bowling attack was one pace bowler shot at uh, Southampton. So, uh, definitely there was one swing bowler shot at Southampton and uh, uh, even if the figures indicate that Jadeja and Ashwin had a decent outing, uh, he will still go for, you know, one spinner. So whether that's no. I mean, something I'm not
0: sure. But
3: Kohli's ego, you know, the question of that Harshad brings up each time about Kohli's ego, Kohli had said time, time and time again within and after and before the match that this is the best 11 that can win us matches in all formats, etc. Do you think that after saying those consistent statements, if he changes the team around in the very next match, uh, I mean, I, I don't see that to be very Kohli-like. But, like, but, the, results are, but both, the
1: results have uh, have have got us to uh, I mean, results didn't work out. This
3: they had never had this bowling lineup ever in their history. That's what they said in this match.
2: Like this is their all- yeah. all-time eleven. In, in the 61 uh-huh. test that Kohli yes, has I captain, these five were playing for the first time together. Agree. Think- that is all very romantic so to after say. selecting but- that? They will
1: yeah, just change it about in the second chance. He should right? idea. I mean, if he's sensible, he should. Because if you ask me, uh if you I mean if it's overcast, I don't know where they play the first test. I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. So is it Edge Baston or Lords? I don't know, or somewhere else. Uh, so what uh-huh. I'm saying is let us I mean, I would say uh you may want to replace one of the pace pullers who was ineffective, but again, uh to me, uh, you you want lower order batting and you want to exploit the conditions, right? So uh Ashwin does walk into my team. I don't know if he walks into the other team. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't walk in. I don't know if Jadeja walks into the team, but Ashwin definitely walks into the team. But uh, he, he may just sort of drop Jadeja and Pujara in the test series for the first few tests and go for uh, one more. I mean, someone else at number three, and then he may go for a pace bowling all-rounder, which is Shardul for, mm-hmm. uh, at, at number uh, Seven or eight is what I would say. I mean, that is how I would look at it. And of course, replace Ishant with Siraj. This is your best best lineup. I mean,
0: who would have, come in? Uh, who would come in at number three then? Like, do you
2: have any idea?
1: No, I don't. Is, I mean, Kohli that's, himself that's,
2: should that's, bat at three. Yeah, Kohli himself should bat at three. Or he should play Shubman Gale at three and open with KL
1: Rahul. Yeah, that is one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is Shubman and Rohit have already done enough to retain their opening slots. Kohli comes in at three. Everyone moves up. And then KL Rahul comes in the middle order, which is number, after Pant, which is number six. So like all uh, this podcast
3: gives uh, relevance to Harshit's Kohli bashing uh, from time to
2: time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, dekho, I love Virat Kohli as a cricketer, but as a captain and what he's done, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty nonsensical over the years because he, he doesn't accept his mistakes. Yeah, MS and all the other captains are very humble about it. But Virat, when he, when someone questions his choices, he just bites back at them at press conferences, you know. We all remember, mm-hmm. reporter ka, why did you pick him?
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, man, Lelia,
2: what Okay, ah. what I was trying to say is, you're looking at it from a bowlers, that are, we fell short of a swing bowler, we didn't pick up bowlers right, I think the problem has largely been our batting. The bowlers, to their credit, I mean, despite just with Bumrah having a bad day, they were able to... Uh, roll out the Kiwis for just 30 runs more than our total, and they picked up 10 wickets. So, mm. if the first innings alone is considered, because I don't think the last innings, the 140 for 2 can be taken as a, a, a good metric for our bowling performance. I'd mainly focus on the first innings, and I think our bowling did the job, whatever.
1: No, there also. You were so very you see, lucky na, came to the party,
2: right? Jadeja I mean, didn't, I mean, didn't bowl much. Jadeja didn't bowl much and Bumra had a off innings. So you just had I Ishan Tashmin Shami, well, and Shami be innings. honest. From so my okay. bowled
3: quite well for
2: me. You just had three and a know. half bowlers at your disposal and you still managed to just give away 30 guns extra. And that would also have been avoided if, you know, uh, if he had some brains. But then it's okay. 30 and so enough. No, but my argument but don't have was if you play Shadul... If you play Shardul Thakur, then uh, I'm I'm all in for dropping one of the paces. I think the team missed Hardik Pandya more than anything. Or in fact, but 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 someone but but like but a but Hanuma but Bihari. I think you know, the,
3: bowling, the bowling is good. but uh, I mean, our pace attack is good, but uh, the thing that we lack sense. in... No, no, no. The, the thing we lack in as a bowling unit is bowling partnerships. Like you have Cummins and Hazelwood from both ends wreaking uh, havoc whenever they bowl together. Broad and Anderson have an unparalleled record. Saudi Bolt, uh, Saudi Jameson. Now these are amazing attacks from both ends. What do you have in the Indian pace lineup, which is even similar? I don't think you have anything in tests. Mm,
1: that no, I uh, you. I think in the, in the spin lineup. Yes, uh, it's there. But in pace, you don't have anything of that sort. But. To to your point that Ishan bowled well, I think he was he was I thought he was very wavered. Yeah, he would bowl one. This has been Ishan's story of his career. I would say he has he takes wickets. He's effective in certain spells, and then suddenly he's spraying stuff down the leg side and he's just giving four balls, boundary balls all the time. So it just seemed that Vishant was not his own self, and to some extent the wickets column always also as you say partnerships. When one bowler is bowling really well, uh, the batsman gives his wicket to the other bowler. So, to some extent, there was a halo effect of, you know, Shami's bowling that also fetched Ishan's wicket. But Ishan, by himself, I didn't think he was doing enough to sort of uh, justify his, uh, you know, uh, his… There was not enough incisive bowling. They're not making the batsman play enough. And that, to me, was a bit of a letdown in the Southampton Test. They should have made batsmen play even more. uh, Yeah, you
3: are right about that. Ishan bowled a lot outside the off-stamp.
2: He was happy to let them. I think that the Indian team, if it wants to become world-beating, it needs a pace all-rounder and a spinner who can bat. So either Jadeja and Ashwin both are excellent spinners, but their batting always lets us down. There are a few odd instances where they've put their hand up, but they can't bat. You can't depend on them to shepherd the tail, or you can't even depend on them to at least bat out 10 overs which, which
0: is very can, ordinary but a, a spinner who can bat maybe if Ashwin doesn't hit weird shots we can get that for a, for a, a pace all round I have yeah a, Ashwin have to is hit. now
2: 34 33 33 34 yeah you can't change him much I mean whatever he has he's developed yeah over no but, here. He, so, so yeah, he, he, he could he could avo- he could have still avoid hitting stupid shots
0: but for the pace all round I have a left field solution Lord Shivam Dube okay, yeah.
3: Another issue is the that we case. cannot develop a good seeming all rounder uh, because we are having no domestic cricket. Like there is no domestic cricket due to COVID for the past year, and I don't know what it will be like next year. But yeah, because there is no domestic cricket, uh, I don't see yeah. how uh, suddenly yeah. a suddenly a great seam bowler would emerge with the right numbers to be selected into the team and yes. replace.
0: Okay. Um. Okay. So let's. So thank you guys for joining us today. It's been very interesting. I certainly have learned a lot. I hope our listeners have as well. Um. Brilliant having you, not for the first time. Harshit and Naveen, a pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting dynamic to see uh, whether Kyle Jamieson will be rewarded or punished in uh, the remainder of the IPL this September, October. Okay, that's a very bad joke. Okay, thank you guys. And I will end uh, the podcast here. Till next time.